Hey, and welcome to the Comancast. I'm your co-host, Cody. Hey, everyone. I'm Matt here, and we're glad you're joining us for another episode of the Comacast. <laughs> That's right, Matt. It's where we dive into the lives of LGBT individuals whose crime cases have gone cold, but today a special edition because we're going to be talking about genetics, and we're going to be talking pretty much specifically all about Matt and his DNA and background. <laughs> That's next. Podcasting from the Lone Star State in Southern California, you're listening to the Coma Podcast with Cody and Matt. And we are back. And you probably, if you listen to any of our episodes, you've heard us talk many times probably about DNA and Matt's story and how it's continually changing. And we previously had recorded an episode where we talked about um, our DNA and um, we had to scrap that episode because, well, <laughs> we <laughs> things scrapped were, it twice. <laughs> things were changing constantly. Uh, with Matt and his whole like DNA story and no your DNA cannot change but the uh, story and stuff surrounding Matt's particular DNA and uh, family background concerning that DNA uh, there were some it, surprises and it some... kept changing <laughs> <laughs> so that being said Matt where are we at we we feel like we're finally at a stopping point as far as any more surprises or changes? Um, I think we're at a stopping point for surprises that would be normal, I guess, for this kind of thing. So, you know, we're talking about as if everybody's heard the first two episodes. We've actually recorded this twice and we had to scrap all probably 80, 90 minutes of material we recorded for each of the episodes because... And we even waited over a year. I mean, the initial, all of this happened almost two years ago at this point. And so we didn't even record the first episode until probably three months ago, three, four months ago. And then maybe a month or two later, we just recorded to see, you know, we could do a segment on it later. And then um, I got new information and we were like, well, let's just update it, updated it. And then lo and behold, um, but Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, so basically, you know, the the easiest way to explain the uh, ups and downs and the roller coaster and everything concerning this is it's like an episode of Maury. So uh, hopefully everyone knows what that is, but I'm sure we do have some young people who probably don't because like, I think he's still kind of on the air, but like he's not really played anywhere anymore. But it basically, he was a talk show host. And I think at first, like, he was a pretty normal talk show host, normal topics. But then he went down to this this uh, range of stories that he ended up just doing a lot. And uh, one of them was DNA paternity test. And it was like, you're not the father. You're the father. And then people would s- scream and walk off the set. And It was dramatic. It was. And I guess that's what so got him. So fun to watch. <laughs> I guess that's what got him ratings. <laughs> Because uh, he continued to do that. And I feel like, I, I, this probably is not true, but I feel like at least once a week he was having an episode of a some baby mama and baby daddy. And, they and I'm didn't... sure with syndication, that's like what was <laughs> set up. But... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so his story, DNA, is kind of like Amori. Like we found it's, out who the father was. Show. It's very talk show host. But um, so... I was raised in Ohio by my mom and dad. And uh, so far as I knew, my family story went as such. So the story is my parents met in about 1982 when they were about 21 and 24. My mom is a little bit older than my dad. And uh, so my dad had a daughter in high school that um, they signed on. Their parents apparently signed off on. And so they made them get married, had it annulled. He signed off the rights to the kid, basically walk away don't have it you know he had to walk away to just let her have the kid and do nothing you know he would have been a teenager Mm -hmm. so fast forward to 1982 he meets my mom in 1984 my mom has her first child which is a daughter and she doesn't make it she passed away in utero um basically stillbirth it was awful for the family for her and that would have been in february of 84 so at about six months along fast forward two more years my mom is pregnant again and um in May of 86, I arrive. Now, 
uh, if you're doing the math, my first sister would have also been born in May of 84 if you, cause she was exactly six months along when, um, she passed and, um, it was due to her umbilical cord had wrapped around her neck. And, um, so I show up two years later, cleft palate, but I'm healthy. Now in the meantime, uh, my parents had not been able to, the doctors had told my mom, my mom's very tiny, very petite. And they were like, you're just, kids are, it's gonna be very difficult for you to have a child. Like you just, you know, a healthy child. And so really didn't think she was gonna be able to get pregnant. They really wanted a kid and they've been married at this point a few years. And, you know, the young couple wanted a kid and, uh, uh, my father is a very volatile person. This is very like normal, not a good toxic person that your daughter's married to. And lo and behold, wants to have a family with them. You know, the guy that you're like, please don't marry that person. And they marry them anyway. Yeah. That is my dad. <laughs> so, you know, cause that's what people do. So my dad had an affair as well, which caused their breakup. And he eventually moved out. Um, this affair resulted in my half sister. We'll call her D just because we're not going to I can't name names. Everybody's still alive and young here. Um, so I was born in May of 86. D is born three weeks after me, literally three weeks. And, uh, you know, it just gets really embarrassing because when you count back her conception date, it's literally my father's birthday weekend. Gross. Oh my goodness. And Cody's like, you should see his face right now. Everyone. He's like, Ew. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like, you know, I've had to sit down and break down everything and doing the family tree. I'm going, wait, this is uncomfortable. So Devin and I are raised as half siblings. Um, my dad and her mom eventually break up and my dad comes crawling back to my mom. So in the meantime, he when uh, her mom had left her, left him uh, this is a physical altercation where she broke several of his teeth and uh <laughs> Wow. laid down the law and um, left him and took her daughter with him, with her. And in this meantime, both D and I almost died in the same hospital um, from separate issues. Uh, she contracted rotavirus, which is a very serious illness when you're like a baby. <laughs> um, it's a blistering virus and it's very severe for her. It was, she had a very, very nasty case of it. And I was dying of malnutrition in the same hospital. Come to find out, grandma, my dad's mom, had coming to visit my sister in the hospital. And he goes, oh, we need to stop on another floor. And she's like, why? He goes, oh, uh, my mom, he naming my mom's like, had a kid and it's mine. And she's like, what? So for nine months, nobody knew my mom was pregnant. Like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. with his kid. So ultimately, he leaves. He gets dad gets married to somebody else and moves out to like Kansas City just disappear. So for this short period of time, both of my sister's mom and my mom are raising us separately in the same city, San's father. And for like two years, dad is nowhere to be found. And he shows up, he divorces this lady, you know, when he talks about her now, he's like, she was such a hoe. I'm like, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pot meat kettle kind of crap here. And um, I'm like, wow, that's rich. But okay, you know, we'll, you know, all right. So uh, dad reappears. And not to my sister's mom, but to my mom. And she takes him back, you know, damn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So they have since been divorced. They have since been divorced in 87. I have their divorce papers even. Divorce reason, cruelty and neglect. And the reason I'm telling you guys all this backstory so you understand how messed up the DNA story really is. <laughs> and uh, so fast forward to 1994, my parents have been living together for many years and remarry, much to the chagrin of both my my half-sister and I. We're just like, we're eight years old saying you shouldn't get remarried. We yeah. had to go to this little courthouse wedding and we're like, this is not a good idea. We did not clap and cheer for our parent, for my parents. And we were like, well, this is a sad day. And they thought we were being funny. And even mm. at eight years old, we were both like, this is such a bad idea because they're terrible together. You know, it's just it's they're still together, by the way. Still, <laughs> I guess it worked out. Yeah. My thoughts are they have spared two other people from their nonsense. You know, <laughs> there you go. Kind of how go with it. So fast forward to 1996 or so. Uh, dad's affairs have continued. He has now had an affair with a 19 year old who has a child of her own who he moves into our house. Oh, my God. 
can you believe it? It doesn't work out well. Then after a really nasty physical altercation between um, dad and my mom, uh, which involved uh, strangling and choking, uh, I ran upstairs to the neighbors, called my grandparents. I got my grandparents' number out of my mom's purse, ran upstairs to the neighbors, called the neighbor. Called my grandparents long distance. It's 1996. Long distance was a thing. <sighs> you know, Cody, you remember these days, right? <laughs> like, when, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no cell phones. Yeah. Nobody, cell phones existed, but most people didn't have them. So, or use them. So, my uh, grandparents, it would be my mom's dad and her stepmom come flying up from South Florida toward Northwest Ohio because Lima. And that's what you missed on Glee. (laughs) Uh, They come flying up to Lima, Ohio and take us within a week. uh, I tell them what's happened. I'm like, please come help us. I am 10 in this story. Mm -hmm. I have just turned 10 years old, maybe a month and a half, two months before. This is the summer before fifth grade starts. So within a week or so, my mom and I have been relocated to South Florida. I've been re-enrolled in school and my parents are separating. Wonderful, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, within a year, of course, uh, father follows us down to Tampa, Florida with his girlfriend who within a year she moves away because holy crap, he's crazy. You know, like this is his pattern. Um, my sister's mom was 19 when he met her and had an affair with her. My mom was 28. Um, so, you know, this is kind of a pattern as you can see. Yeah. And so she leaves with her daughter and moves back home good for her she flees and you know it's whatever i actually spoke to her a few years ago and she apologized to me because she thought like she ruined somebody's life i'm like i promise you you did not ruin anything if it wasn't you he would have targeted somebody else you were 18 when they they i think he was she was literally a senior in high school when they met he would have been like 35 yeah do you think this girl is like our age you know my dad Mm -hmm. was like our age now meeting some high schooler so and crazy. like having an active relationship with her. I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> like legal technically, but come on, that's gross. You know, like this is a, are you kidding me? So, uh, court battles ensue. My mom tries to go back to my dad, big drama, at my fifth grade graduation. Cause my dad had kept me out of school a bunch of, bunch of the year, like making me come stay with him. Wouldn't take me back to school, making up excuses. Mm. You know, my mom takes me back to him. And uh, um, I melt down. The police are called. I completely go hysterical in the parking lot. I held onto a fence post and I'm literally screaming my head off and crying. My dad gets in the car and just leaves. Just leaves my mom standing there with a screaming 10-year-old. By the way, I was not a temper tantrum child. I have never lost my shit before. I am not a temper tantrum. You you told me no, get in the car. Okay, get in the car. It's just who I am. I'm I'm just – I never made a scene. I was just always very quiet and subservient and (coughs) – excuse me. And so the police are called. My grandmother is there witnessing all of this. She does not even know what to do Um, because my grandfather was out of town for a week so my uh, grandmother just tells me to like go back to the office. So the police are called. The police, some social workers show up. Now throughout the year, unknown to me, our guidance counselors in my elementary school had been seeing things go wrong with me. Like they knew my mom wasn't kind of all there and um, had kind of suspected just from my own conversation about what was going on. And I had talked to my fifth grade teacher um, I was always very articulate. I've been able to read since I was a very, very small child because of speech therapy. So I was able to explain what was happening. And um, so they tell my mom, we'll take you to a place for like abused women. And my mom agrees. Dad comes back. They tell him what's going to happen. They ask to speak for a minute. And then she says, well, I'm going to take Matt and go with him. And they said, are you sure? You know, and she goes, yes, just give me the phone number. I'll call them later. They were like, okay, well, you can go with him, and Matt's going to stay with his grandmother. And they look at my grandma and say, will you take him? And she's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. And that was the last day I ever spent with my parents. Oh, goodness. So eight years and like five or six court battles later, I am, I've gone to live with my grandparents. My, my dad and my mom have to pay child support. My half-sister lives in Ohio with her mom. Okay, great. Awkward, but we are all settled, right? So we have this settled. I have a half sister who's three weeks apart from me. So I have questioned for years if my dad is my dad. Not seriously, but we don't look alike. We don't talk alike. But my sister and him do. I look like my mom and she looks like her mom 
and we have some similarities, but they're more in that our moms are very nice people overall. They're very sweet. They're very gentle. And both my sister and I are that way too. And we always just kind of bonded over that. But yeah. she has some physical resemblances and some attitudes that are very much our dad. I am not. I walk differently, talk differently. I have different tastes in foods, music, beliefs. Everything about me is very, very different. And uh, didn't really think about it, but I also have blue eyes. Nobody in my family has blue eyes, <laughs> mom or dad's side. Yeah. And um, very different features, different heights, different skin types, tones, hair color, texture, hair lines even. And I asked my grandparents so many times that they were like, Jesus Christ, Matthew. <laughs> like, we know you don't like him, but if he wasn't your dad, we would know already. You know, like, we would know. I was like, well all right you know like we have all these court battles we went we went to court a million times over custody battles and everything they won some supervised visitation and that was about it i permanently lived with my grandparents so at 18 i left home like a normal you know somehow left home never went back lived i've lived my whole life distant from my parents and I've never really been connected to most of my family. I was raised away from them. So I know my mom's side of the family to a point, but my dad's side of the family don't like him. And most of them aren't really around except for an aunt mm -hmm. and her children who I am close with. But I don't look anything like them either. So in 2018, I'm finishing up undergrad. I'd gone back to school to finish the last half of a degree. And I'm getting a psych degree. And I decided to get a science degree in psych instead of arts. So that they gave me an option to take a few extra science classes. I decided to take a genetics class as one of my final science classes. And of course, the topic of 23andMe and ancestry, the ethics. And, you know, one of the questions in our discussions was, would you want to know if maybe a family member wasn't related to you or if you have are prone to a disease or an illness or whatever? So having a cleft palate and how I have these really weird things that keep going wrong with me, but it's not anywhere in the family that we can find other than like lactose intolerance. Yeah, that's it. So um, David had suggested the year before, you know, like way before I took this genetics class, he said, oh, you should just buy it. You know, your parents won't tell you anything anyway. Maybe you can get some information about yourself. You know, because we were told, oh, you're Native American and blah, blah, blah. Because my mom is tan. My grandfather is more dark. And grandparents before that were even more so. Mm -hmm. um, and we known by census, by census counts and everything that we were not considered white up until like the, like the 1900s, like well into the 1920s we were still considered black but we can't find where it really diverges and they kept saying native american but there's just really no information so i don't buy stuff for myself so david buys two dna tests for 23andme and his comes back in like three weeks or whatever so of course i don't buy it and then of course the genetics class comes up and David's like, we're buying this. I'm tired of this. <laughs> so he, that's why he bought them because I'm myself. I am my own person apparently. And uh, mine gets, you can track it. You know how you can track it and see like yeah, what's where it's at in the process. Yeah. So mine got stuck on like step four for like two and a half months. Oh my gosh. So I emailed them and they're like, ah, oh, crap. First they're like, oh, it takes some time. I'm like, oh, I sent this to you guys a month and a half, two months ago. So like three days later, I get my results. Now I had set all my stuff to not share because I just kind of wanted to see what would be there. I didn't really understand it. Mm -hmm. And I said no to everything at first because I figured, let me get my results back and let me see. Let me then I'll go back through and read all the whatever. And then I realized like, oh well, okay, I can look, but I don't have to do anything. I was expecting like, you know, to find like cousins and maybe some relatives that had taken it. And uh I hit share, refreshed, and it said I had six close relatives. And that can mean like first cousin, second cousin, grandparents, aunts, uncles. The very first one was somebody named, we'll call her M, or we'll call her Emmy, something easy, right? Um, Emmy is number one with like a 26% match. That's like aunt, uncle. Like my mom's sister yeah. should be about 26%. My half sister should be about 26% because that's about where they fall in this range. Your half, your full siblings are 50% roughly. It's like a range yeah. because you get half your genetics from each parent. So she's like 14 years older than me. And I'm thinking, Oh, well, I, my mom has like six brothers and sisters and I don't know anything hardly at all about my dad. And that he has like a half sister. So I was like, Oh, well clearly there's an extra sibling running around. And I thought, Oh, it's an aunt. It said it was like a, an aunt. I was like, Oh, neat. So I messaged her. 
we're chatting and she messaged me and she's we're all from the same we're all from lima and i learned that you know she has like she has like four daughters and we're all from lima we were all even born in the same hospital <laughs> and her daughter her oldest daughters are like five six and her oldest daughter is like seven years younger than me so mm-hmm. her oldest three daughters are all two years apart and they're in their mid late 20s now and the next youngest one at the time was like a teenager and uh i was like oh neat you know okay they're close enough that says like they're my first cousins and um so i was like so we're talking about parenting and whose parents are, you know, we didn't, not at first, cause you know, it's, it's invasive, you know, these are invasive questions. And she was saying how like her dad had walked off and she, but I didn't realize she knew who her dad was. So she tells me, I was like, Oh, I don't know him. I was like, well, this is my mom and dad. And these are my relatives. She's like, I don't know any of them. And I'm like, well, how the hell are we connected? <laughs> and I was like, well, clearly you're like my relative, blah, blah, blah. And then we realize in the timing of it all, I was like, it hit me at like 2.30 in the morning. I'm literally laying in bed, rolling this over, and I'm like, oh, shit, she's my sister. Oh, my gosh. I was like, this, oh, my God, she's my sister. And um, now we look somewhat different. I'm like a foot taller than her. She's like 5'1". I'm 5'10". But um, our natural hair color is the same. We have the same kind of face. We have the same, we literally have the same laugh. And we have the same exact eye color and same eyes and same eyebrows. And I've since I've showed Cody pictures and stuff like that. It's really creepy. (laughs) Um, And we never met. But it turned out she used to work at a McDonald's on Main Street in Lima when she was a teenager, you know, like a high school job. And it was it was the same McDonald's my parents walked me to because we would go to the laundromat that was on Main Street and then walk. They would walk me to that McDonald's all the time in the same yeah. time frame we, all, we lived in the same town at the same time that is so crazy and we have probably have met as kids and i had no idea my big sister was literally walking around so but then we have to confirm this right we can't just be going off on tangent so i called d my half sister and i was like i need you to sit down like now neither of us were surprised by this by the way like the way our dad is like <laughs> not surprised and she goes yeah i know we don't look alike and we don't talk alike but we get along because of our moms so she had already this has already been in her head for 25 years at this point <laughs> yeah. and we are both we're both 34 now so we were both about 32 when this was starting to transpire and uh i said well you know will you take a dna test for me and so i'll pay for it will you take a 23 me test <laughs> so she she does and we finally decided to call our dad and my mom and I tell them and they freak out at me. I have the names of everybody. You know, at this point, I know who the bio dad is. And but I can't find any pictures of him. Like I'm trying to find like a young picture of him, like a high school picture. I have an ancestry account, but I hadn't paid for a full account. So I didn't have full access to every all these records. Yeah. And um, uh, we find out that uh, bio dad also has three of his own children. Uh, with his wife who he's been married to since 1972 which is the same time emmy was born yeah so bio dad his we'll call him uh thomas um thomas's oldest daughter was born three weeks before emmy so he was messing around on his then girlfriend with emmy's mom (laughs) now they were like 20 and 18 at the time we're talking like they're really young yeah you know they were only 20 ish they were 18 and 20. They were kids. And Emmy and his oldest daughter are born in 1972. 1974, his next son comes along. In 1978, his third child, well, technically fourth child comes along. And then 1986, here I am. Now, I realize I've met them before because a few weeks ago, um, I realized that we used to go to a lady's house all the time when I was a kid. They were family friends of ours. Uh, that family friend that I remembered her name is would be technically my stepmom. And oh I was like, like has somebody showed me a picture of her and I was like, oh, I know her. I know her. And I also know her because her my mom had babysat their kids a couple times when yeah. they were young. And then m- their oldest daughter um was best friends with my aunt. They went to high school together and graduated together. They were absolute like besties. Uh-huh. And they lived across the street from my aunt, from my great aunt, who was like, she was like elderly. She was like 80 or 90. Yeah. We were at their house all the time when I was a kid. 
dad mowed their dad would mow her lawn and my she was my mom's fave my mom was her favorite and she was my mom's favorite relative she's a very very sweet lady and so my sister and i my half sister and i played in her yard all the time as kids we would go yeah. over there visit and everything and um you know she was so old she had that old washing machine that you like get wash everything hand, in a basin and then like yeah, hand, hand crank it to try to wring it out yeah yeah that's <laughs> like that was life um so throughout all this my parents are still calling me a liar my mom's saying she has no idea what she's talking about what i'm talking about she has no idea who these people are and i know they're lying but dad agrees to a paternity test uh-huh. and he tells me i'm crazy tells you a liar and we get the paternity test he mails it to me he's he doesn't label it I said, have mom take it too. There's three. There's one for mom, dad, and kid. So we lie. He won't have mom take it. He's like, there wasn't enough in there. Of course, I get it. And there's plenty. There's so he lied to me. Yeah. And this is just par for the course. So I take it, and it comes back zero. We're not normally. It says ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine percent. Not. We are a zero percent match. Then he accuses me of cheating on a paternity test. Are you shitting me? <laughs> he goes, who else you got in the house? Did you have David take it? I said, well, David also took a 23 and me test. So if I cheated and you really were my dad, you would still ma- he would still match to Devin A. Her test results came back on a Friday, which was no match. And the lab, he picked out like the number one paternity test in the country. <laughs> yeah. And, her- and um, when the lab gets a negative, they send it to a second lab to confirm the results. So they mm-hmm. actually refunded the overnight fees I paid to have one day results. Yeah. So both his results and my sister's results came back on a Friday and then they got, his got delayed till Monday. So 8 AM in a target I get, I'm like in target or was it pretty early? Cause I think I texted you actually. Yeah. And, um, I got the negative. I'm sitting there with no contacts and trying to read this on my iPhone screen. And I'm like, David, I need you to read this out loud for me because I can't see it. I want to make sure I'm seeing it correctly because if I say something, you can't take that back. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so he's reading it to me and I had prepared some memes from Maury Povich meme that says you said he was the father, but the printer, the test proved that that was a lie. (laughs) And that's how I told my sister D and my aunt. (laughs) We were highly amused, by the way. But when are you ever going to get an opportunity to say that? I mean, come on. I mean, very, very. I realize how awful this sounds, but you have to keep in mind at this point, I have had 32 years of abuse, physical abuse from my father through my childhood and abused by and my mom stood there and let it happen. And then I had to go through all these court dates. And by the way, I'm still having cleft palate surgeries throughout my entire childhood, which, which I had 20. And... I had to go through in numerous court dates to fight my way through this. And, you know, I'm still having speech therapy, yeah. having all these surgeries, having oral surgery, having my face taken apart and put back together, have my nose broken I, and put I, back I, together. Yeah. You know, all these things are happening while all these other events are transpiring. And my father has the gall to be like, if you turn out to be not be my kid, I'm leaving your mom. And I'm like, you hypocritical son of a bitch. Please don't edit that out. I want that in. (laughs) That is intended to be part of this. And you can leave all this part in too, because I want it to be emphasized how serious this is. Um, So I call my grandparents, my grandmother who raised me, my grandfather has passed away in 2008 but my step-grandmother is still alive. And I called and she was like, oh my God, we would have, they had no idea. Now my aunt was like, yeah, we're not surprised because my dad's mom had confronted my mom back in the early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, you know, kind of when like, you know, about the time I would have been about five years old. And yeah. she was like, Hey, that does not look like my son. She's like, I knew my son when he was five or six years old and his, this kid does not look like him. Uh-huh. Now she has also passed away. She passed away in 2011 before all this also transpired, but she had confronted my mom and my mom was like, don't know what you're talking about. That's his dad. And my mom still denies it to this day. Oh I need God. a male. I need a relative from my dad's side to take this test. My aunt, I never even thought to ask my aunt because I didn't want to drag her into a shoot. So last month she goes, I'll take it. And I was like, please God, let her match or I'm moving. I'm moving out of the country. I'm done. <laughs> I'm so done with this. Um, so she takes it and it comes back about three weeks later because of COVID. Not many people are doing this. So their times are moving really fast. Yeah. Wear your mask people. And, um, and uh, it comes back. She's a match to my sister as like a first at first cousin rate because uh-huh. they're half she's half sibling to my dad 
to yeah. our step to our stepdad. So I've been referring to him as my non-dad this whole time <laughs> because he's a pain in my ass and I, I refuse to acknowledge him. And so my aunt matches correctly to my sister D and finally he believes us. Like when he saw that he was like, I showed him pictures and then I paid, I finally paid for ancestry.com uh-huh. and I got the yearbook pictures of both my mom in high school, which I saw many, many years ago when I lived with my parents. Yeah. But I also have my bio dad's high school yearbook photos and I put them up next to each other. And Cody, you've seen them. Yeah. It Did looks like the same person. <laughs> so then I did something where Snapchat has a filter where you can filter over like you can basically graft a picture onto another. So what I did was I took that pic- I took a black and white picture of myself, kind of somewhat unshaven. It's a really not flattering picture, but I tried to take it looking in the same camera angle as my bio dad. Yeah. And I grabbed a picture over myself and then I sent it to my sister and my aunt, my half sister or stepsister D and my aunt. And they were like, that is disturbing. <laughs> so she sent the one picture to our, just to my stepdad, my to D did. And he actually, she only sent him the picture where it's his face grafted over mine. Yeah. And he didn't realize he wasn't looking at me. That's how mm-hmm. close it is. He's like, Oh my gosh, who is that? And she goes, Oh, that's, she goes, he was like, Oh my gosh, like the stepdad, he just looks just like Matt. Oh my, I couldn't even tell him apart. I'm like, you're not, she was like, really? Cause he's not actually looking at me. He's looking yeah. at me picture of, um, him, the bio dad, Thomas grafted over my face. Yeah. So finally he's willing to talk to me on the phone without freaking out. And my mom this whole time is denied ever knowing any of them. And I called and I said, okay, we're going to talk about this. I know you all are lying. All of you are lying. And I'm going to tell you why I know this. Because as you look back over these pictures, because my stepdad has an obsession with taking pictures, he takes millions of pictures of everything. So I know he has all these pictures. I said, you're going to go back through these albums. We start looking back, you're going to realize he doesn't look like me. He doesn't walk like me. He doesn't talk like me. And my mom for the 30 years used to always say, I'm not getting in between you and your father because you guys are so much alike. We are mm-hmm. nothing alike. We've never been anything alike. We do not fight like two people with similar personalities. We fight like two people who one knows you're an abusive shithead and the other does to control you. That's why we fight. And the court also saw it that way. Multiple courts, multiple times. My mom will not speak to me. She considered this a massive betrayal. And they also feel that uh, I did this to them. First, he accused me. He's like, Matt's really tore our lives apart by doing this. And my... I was just like, I not really my fault that I took a, I spit in a tube and found out y'all lied. Yeah. Now my stepdad lied constantly. This all happened when they separated. Like this happened when my parents separated and basically yeah. it seems like I'm just hooked up with a family friend. It just happened. <laughs> and based yeah. on Spio dad's track record, I don't, I mean, it's hard to say if my mom, what, you know, what the roles were. My yeah. mom, not have all her mental faculties. Um, she was born healthy. And when she was an infant, she had a severe brain aneurysm, which did permanent brain damage. So she is about permanently about 15 ish. So she knows right and wrong, but she does not have a comprehension of long-term side effects Mm -hmm. or long-term effects. Like, you know, if you call me a name right now or say something horrible to me, and you call me tomorrow and act like everything's fine, I'm going to still be upset with you. Yeah. Mom doesn't comprehend that. But she's overall a very nice person, so it's not usually a problem. But also, she has accelerated Alzheimer's now. So she was diagnosed with that when she was in her 40s. So, you know, it's very hard to know what she does and doesn't know now. Also, that woman can hold a secret and a grudge. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It is a skill. And it's a family skill. Um, um, she is talented with it. Um, but she refuses to speak to me. She's never been blocked from my phone or anything, but they complain that I don't call. And I'm like, well, you keep calling me a liar every time I call and I'm not a liar, yeah. you know? Um, but that's, it's been quite an adventure. It wasn't just fitting in a tube and finding new information. And it's not just, Oh, my mom had an affair on my dad. No, he had an affair multiple and he was abusive this whole time we're talking a super drunk alcoholic abusive man um beating on somebody who's really not quite there and many ask why were they allowed why is she allowed to have children or anything well let's remember the 80s 70s and 80s were a very very different time you know 
like yeah. <laughs> you know and it's not very well understood what my mom is or isn't capable of you know yeah. she's no less deserving of respect and kindness and you know and of course i knew my parents wouldn't step i knew my I knew he wasn't going to leave her. I was like, that's incredible because you left her because you were having an affair. So whatever she did had nothing to do with you. Do you think it might have been a result of you being a shitty husband? Oh, and abusive. And tell me all the time she hit you. Oh, she did it because you were hitting her because I have your divorce papers and I have all the documentation and everything I've mentioned is not just my perception. These are all things that are in my own court papers from my multiple court dates with my parents. And their own psych evaluations that I have sitting on my desk currently. I actually have them um, yeah. sitting in a file <laughs> that I'm going. I'm scanning in soon to create like a full document. And I have that's just why I've decided to go ahead and just after enough people telling me I should to go ahead and write a memoir, an autobiography of this. So that is my story. Oh, and for the record, I am mostly European, a couple percent South African. And which did not sit well with uh, my bio dad. I'd explained to him that that is not African American, and because he's also racist, he says he's not racist, but he's not racist in the way that he's not racist because he has black. He knows black people. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, oh god, it's super uncomfortable. I mean, most um, people have do these ancestry tests or twenty uh, three and Me just to find, like you're saying, their heritage going back of like. Just being surprised, you know, if they come from Ireland, Irish descent or English descent or whatnot. Right. Oh, you that's did, the other thing. You did this I, and like it went down this rabbit hole. Of- I also determined <laughs> that we had no Native American heritage and I was able to finally put a stop to that because I've had to hear it my whole life. Yeah. And I was like, we're not Native American. Not one drop, not one bit. We are entirely, mostly, we're almost all European. And it even can tell you, a, it gives you kind of a breakdown of estimate when your last full relative of that heritage was yeah. and counting the generations it can show i can see where everybody came over where my mom's side is where the african side descended from and i can see where i am with i outside that paid ancestry account and i did take the ancestry dna test too and so did the half sister that i found who we do talk today and i'm close with her and um i'm building relationships with her children as well and uh actually before we recorded this i i teach my one my youngest niece She's homeschooled. I teach her math four days a week. So I teach her one of her subjects and I'll be teaching her her other two maths next year for her senior year. And we, <laughs> so talk, we, we, did, we talked about that. Um, I think we mentioned it in a podcast episode. I don't know if it got cut out, but then we've talked about it just off off podcast. But we talked about um, how in teaching her, y'all have some of the same ways of learning or like comprehending things both both her and her others her second she's number four her second oldest sister has the same um learning like we have i have to teach an abstract and also their mom my half sister besides having the same eye color and some of mannerisms we have the same laugh and there's another thing i do when i fidget or i'm sitting in meetings i sit and doodle on papers but not just doodle i write letters I specifically will like write like a I'll write a whole line of A's and a whole line of B's and C's <laughs> and I'll do it in capital cursive print depending on how like the meeting is. Yeah. And I was telling about this and I learned that Emmy does the same thing. It's so crazy. But we, and it just and we've never physically met and this is all stuff I've done since I was a kid. I've yeah. sat there and practiced my handwriting and so does Emmy. I mean it's like the interesting thing we we did talk about in the episode that we never did release when we were talking in general about DNA and we've talked about DNA in the past in some of our episodes where DNA is able to help sometimes in these crime cases. Um, our Jane Doe case, um, using DNA and um, the DNA uh, project to develop uh, what these people might have looked like and some of their features um, that you can gather from DNA aspects. But it's interesting because in this respect, y'all have never met in person, but those DNA traits uh, transcend um, the line. And it's kind of like, you know, I, when you do take the ancestry test or the the D- 23andMe, I think, I think they both do it now, but um, where it's like you have like an aversion to cilantro or you might have. Right. 
I have all the recessive here, ones, by here, the way. Or whatnot. Um, I that, actually did do the health thing because I don't know anything about my dad's side of the family. Yeah. So it said I had variants for uh, macular degeneration, but not enough to cause. It's likely not enough to actually cause a real problem. Just one of the variants is there, but I do have the variants for celiac disease. You want to guess what I'm actually diagnosed with? Celiac disease. Um, but I also I had my mom's sister, my mom's half sister who is um was the best friends with one of my apparently my one of my oldest sisters um she took the ancestry test and the 23andme test as well so i have somebody on both sides of my family confirmed to make sure it matched and i confirmed it every which way and uh now nobody speaks to me (laughs) in the family even less so because i'm the bastard here i'm the jerk but i don't care i'm okay with that so i have i went from just having my half sister who we not really raised together. And I never felt like I fit in. I always felt out of place. And in my old journals that I used to write, I always felt like I, I literally would write about, I felt like I was missing siblings. I just felt like there was this connection I was missing. And I kind of wrote it off to the fact that I thought I was supposed to have a sister and I thought I was more psycho psychological. Um, and again, I'm a psych major. So I, I spend a lot of time thinking about how I think I write a lot about it in my yeah. personal journals and stuff. And then to find out that I have four older siblings. I have two sisters and two brothers, and um, I have a ton of nieces and nephews. My other three siblings um, have no idea I exist. I've met some of my first cousins. So my bio dad had two older sisters, and they've had children. And I connected with them on – they were also part of the match on 23 and Me as close relatives. So I messaged them, and – I've gotten to know them a bit and I'm pretty much going to be mostly the lone wolf here because I'm the only one that's not like super right wing for the most part. There's like Mm. one or two others and I'm like, great because they're all from these towns and just, ah, it's painful. But, um, that is my genetic story. And, uh, to know that not only did I know them, but I met my bio family and they didn't know it was me and I didn't know it was them. And I actually spoke to them because the my I guess my stepmom, she wanted my mom's number. And she had reached out to my aunt looking for my mom. Uh, my mom has a very distinct name, so it mm-hmm. wasn't hard to find her. And uh, I said, well, I'll speak to her. And I, they, I didn't give them my mom, my parents phone numbers because I didn't feel right about that. Yeah. You know, but I gave them I gave my parents their phone number with their permission. But I spoke to her and I told her, I said, I, your husband is my dad. And I told her what I found and she knew about Emmy, you know, that they'd had a daughter 20 years before and 30 or 40 years before at this point. And, um, she was like, Oh, cool. I was like, what? <laughs> she was, I said, well, my, she asked if my mom was still with my stepdad. I said, yeah, she goes, Ugh. I was like, Okay, well, okay, I get that response. I get that one a lot, actually. But, you know, I literally told this woman, your husband is my dad. And you've known me since I was a child. Yeah. You've known me since I was a very small child. And I literally am, I said, I can show you proof. I have all the test results, the lab results, everything. And she's like, okay. I was like, I didn't reach out to your kids because I didn't think it'd be appropriate to say something to them without talking to you first. But I mean, they're in their 40s. I think they can handle it. Mm, but yeah, <laughs> but she I talked to her and she was like, OK, cool. If you ever want to talk, have fun. Bye. You know, just totally not not have your mom. And she was that's cool. Can I have your mom's number? Just oh not goodness. even hearing a damn thing I was saying yeah. if I, is not a metaphor or, or an explanation of like, a, sorry, a summarization of like my existence on this planet. Um, I was like. I just want to make sure you're clear. Your husband, Thomas, is my actual biological father. Like he and my mom have a child together and it's me. She goes, yeah, small world. Oh my God, that's so crazy. I was like so frustrated because, you know, I have a dad and three siblings that I don't know. And Emmy hates him for not taking care of her. But her mom lied, didn't even tell her that Thomas was her dad. She didn't find out until she was 16 because she kept saying like because her mom had gotten eventually gotten married and had two daughters with her stepdad. Yeah. And she was a fun lady. And she kept saying, I don't feel like I fit in here. I don't look like my sisters, blah, blah, blah. And finally, her stepdad was like, oh, because you're not my kid. 
And then her aunt finally told him, told her who her dad was. So she didn't meet him until she was 18 and didn't know he existed as her dad for, you know, until she was like late teens. And she's very bitter that they didn't have a relationship. She felt he could have come saved her. And I'm like, well, your mom had a response. Your mom's the one that took charge of you and made the decision not to say anything to you and then treated you like crap. Mm-hmm. I think your mom shares most of the blame here. Possessions nine tenths of the law, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's a super bitter dynamic there. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so every time I find something or try to share it, I get this really bitter response of like some nasty, rude thing about well, you have all the luck. I'm like, yeah, probably because I'm not an asshole to people when I try to talk to them about this. And I put my feelings to the side and just try to deal with the science of it. Yeah. So it's been a really fantastic two years of being called a liar and uh, being ignored. And then so I went on Facebook and posted all the test results. And then I took pictures of everything and texted it to my parents. <laughs> and my so, mom told me she physically hasn't looked at the results. She was, I haven't even looked at them. I was like, your father didn't show them to me. I'm like, I have them. Do you want to look at them? No. God, okay. Thanks. I mean, my mom's mental condition now is not great because her short-term memory is not so great. Yeah. But um, – this is not any different than how she's treated me since I was a kid. Whenever confronted, it was always, you know, she picked my father over me. And this is including when I was 10. Like, this was a big problem in the court battles. They were like, okay, uh, you've got to defend your kid if he's being abused. Like, um, yeah, so, and it's hard to get anything through them because my father likes to say, oh, well, I got into the hospital when he was dying. And I'm like, yeah, I was dying of malnutrition, you dumbass. When a child is when an infant is dying, you're required to take them to the hospital, whether it's your kid or not. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a thing you do. But it's been 34 years. And he tells me if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't take you to the hospital. I'm like you would have gone to jail if you didn't. If you were the residing adult in that house and I died, you're going to be investigated, especially yeah. if I die of malnutrition. <laughs> <laughs> so shut the fuck up. I've had to hear it every day that we've ever talked for 34 years. I I'm laughing and we're smiling now, but I can't express to you the amount of pain my life has been with these people. <laughs> like it's actually pretty awful. I don't talk about it often at that level, but it's really important to understand when you uncover genetics, what you might be uncovering. And with these people where there's smoke, there's fire. And I like to express that, you know, None of this is surprising to me, and I'm not bothered by it. I'm actually pretty happy to find out that that asshole is not my father. It was like, holy crap, I have wished for this for like 25 Christmases, you know, <laughs> in my, all my memories, you know, um, and I'm not bothered by it. And their pain and frustration, I do not care. I'm sorry yeah. y'all lied to each other multiple times. And the funny part is it's actually my mom got one over on him all the crap he put her through and to find out she got the last laugh. She might not see it that way, but I was like, well, damn mom. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she knew she may not have consciously knew, but she knew. Yeah. She knew every time she told me I was just like him. It's like a defense reflex. Yeah. And he knew too. He was telling people in the eighties that, uh, my mom had a, was pregnant with somebody else's kid. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you didn't know about that. I'm like, I just told you. Yes, I did, because other people knew you then. You weren't even around in 1985, 86. Mm-hmm. I'm like, obviously. But the other people still remember you. Yeah. Not everybody else has spent their lives taking shitty care of themselves and actually remembers. You know, um, I honestly think he's losing his mind. You know, in this conversation, he interrupted me to mention that relative that my bio parent, my bio dad lived across the street from yeah. to say, do you ever know what happened to her? We don't even know when she died. This, her name was Liney. We called her aunt Liney. It was a nickname uh-huh. for her. She died in 1994. He was, how do you know that? I'm like, cause I still live with you. I was eight years old and we went to the funeral. Do you want to know what I wore? I wore a collared shirt cause mom, I hate wearing collared shirts. I really hated it as a kid. My mom had to wrestle me into it on the morning of the funeral. And, um, cause you know, that's a great time to have to wrestle with an eight year old. And I was like, yeah, we went to this funeral home with you guys. Cause I still lived with you until yeah. I was 10 and uh, we were at the funeral. Well, do you know where she's buried? You were literally there. You're the one with her funeral clippings. You literally probably have the obituary in your safe. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it just, but he literally didn't know. Um, some people will probably tell me, Oh, he's just trolling you. I'm like, okay, I know when he's trolling me because 
his mind games. He's so bad at it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a reason I beat him in court when I was 10 and it's not because he was good at mind games, <laughs> you know? Um, but there's, that's the kind of personalities we're dealing with. It's like controlling narcissistic sociopathic tendencies. And these are all things that are in his psych evaluations. Um, his actual evaluation of his perception of me was, um, uh, blah, blah, blah has negative perceptions of his child. I'd like to point out when you have negative perceptions of a 10 year old special needs kid, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, not, not <laughs> that person was in charge of my life. <laughs> so, you know, that's, this is just bigger than just spitting in a tube and finding out somebody else's my dad. You know, this is a bigger story than that, which is why we keep recording it, because I kept finding new relatives and new twists would come out because I kept saying they didn't know any of these people. And I'm like, but you did. Yeah. Then my aunt found a picture of all of them from like 15 years ago that my stepmom had posted. And it's a picture of her, my dad, my brother, and like I think his two small children and um, his sister would be my oldest sister. And um Finally, my stepdad showed it to some people who were like, what do you think of these two people? Like, wow, those are like – they look like twins and that other one looks like it could be that other guy's brother because he is my brother, my half-brother, mm -hmm. but my brother. And uh, you know, growing up my whole life, always wanting a brother or somebody to play with that lived with us, I didn't get that because my sister was a girly girl and I wasn't. And um, we didn't live together and we were kind of kept separate a lot because that's how our stepdad is. And um, find out I have like several of them. I'm like, wow, well, crap, I missed out. <laughs> so you finally got like, what you wanted, but a little bit late. <laughs> yeah, now they don't know who I am and won't have anything to do with me. So I'm like, <laughs> well, shit. So yeah, that that's been the story. That's uh, Matt's DNA story. Um, then that is why we, as you've said, had that's to why it got re-recorded a couple times. Re-record, cancel, delay, well, and then right uh, because how do you? We debated on do we just tell just the DNA story, and that's what I hinged on saying. But it leaves so many uncomfortable questions that it's like, well, how didn't she know his mom had an affair? And I was like, you know, I don't want any, even if these are total strangers, I don't want them to come off of this thinking my mom is some like wild tramp who was just off cheating. Because yeah. it's not what happened. It is absolutely not what happened. Um, and uh, so when you put the whole story together, it's just like, oh, Jesus. And for the record, my mom and my sister's mom are very close now. They get along very, very well. You know, um, yeah. they're they they have a great relationship. And my mom has never been anything less than loving and kind to my, I guess you say my stepsister to D. She's always treated her like a daughter, just as kind anywhere we've ever gone. She's always included her and always tried to include her. Mm -hmm. And she's never treated her any different than me. And well, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, my mom was never abusive to me. That's, I guess yeah. you can put it that way. Um, she just doesn't have, the wherewithal to know how to defend me from that person from my stepdad. Yeah. So, so I don't have a relationship with them. I've spoken to them maybe a handful of times in 10, 10 years. They're just people to me. I mean, they don't ever want anything from me unless they want something from me. Yeah. You know, if they, they don't care about my life, they just want to know what's going on in my life to control it. Like you don't call your kid and ask them how much money they make, you know, like yeah. that's weird. You don't ask what's in their bank accounts. That's weird. You know, like they ask really personal questions and things like that. You know, you haven't lived with me. I haven't lived with you since I was 10. You're not entitled to that information. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. But so. that's my entire that's my DNA story, which all erupted in 2018 when I was 32. And I learned that I had a whole different family. <laughs> so the things you'll learn potentially. <laughs> right. Uh, and some people may not want to know. Yeah. So I consider not saying anything to anybody. But then I realized I have been like this quiet, dirty secret my whole life. And why do I have to be? I don't have to be. And did it hurt some feelings? Yeah, it did. Very real consequences. But being raised by your family, you know, we're all raised to be like, oh, you need to be honest with yourself and do this and do that. Sometimes it means you learn that your parents are human too and that they make mistakes. And sometimes they have to face the music of their own decisions. I didn't tear them apart. I didn't do this. I'm the end result. You know, I am just 
literally the result of all of this, you know? And as I told my parents, I don't see what you're complaining about. I'm healthy. I grew up healthy. I'm fine. And that the whole point of parenting, I was like, I'm not at, nobody's going to my soccer practices. Nobody's got to be paying child support. It's solely informational at this point. The state of Ohio refuses to change my birth certificate because I'm over 18. So I am named for my middle and last name are for my stepdad. So I'm having my middle and last name changed. Um, hopefully before I finish nursing school so that my licenses and everything yeah. all left. But I'm going to have my birth date, my uh, birth certificate. I'm going to have it change myself. And I'm going to wipe that man off the map because I chose not to have biological children because he's crazy. And my grandparents were really rough on me because they were afraid I was going to turn out like my stepdad. So anything I did that they perceived that was one of his behaviors, they came down on me so hard it – it's another podcast. Okay. They were never <laughs> physically abusive with me, but they did their best to beat into my head what kind of person he was, you know, or what kind of person I shouldn't be. Like, you know, obviously don't tell lies, don't mistreat people, don't hurt people. But yeah. when I told them this, when I told my grandmother, she's like, your life would have gone very differently if we'd known he wasn't your actual dad. Cause I had to face him in court so many times when I shouldn't have had to, <laughs> yeah. you know? So there's a lot of things that happen that you have to really, you have to learn to reconcile apologies that you're never going to receive and give some, you have to give yourself some forgiveness for things that you, you're absolutely owed an apology for, but nobody's going to apologize because nobody cares. They don't care about anybody but themselves. And you have to accept that. If you uncover this kind of information, you have to be able to accept it at an adult level and be like, this is new information, but that's okay. We can have a better, we can have a better relationship after this. We can yeah. just be honest with each other because now it feels like we're not tiptoeing. So that's my whole story. And thank you everybody for listening. I'm sure this is going to be just kind of an extra episode. Yeah. So now you finally get to her, hear, hear her. You finally <laughs> wow. have gotten to hear Texas came out. Uh, Matt's DNA story. Um, and we'll end up doing another story or episode on DNA because uh, we wanted to dedicate this one strictly to Matt's story because it was going to require the time necessary for everybody to get to hear that story but dna in, in essence in all of our crime stories that we talk about um does play a big part sometimes uh and there's a lot of consequences to dna uh and ethics involved with dna and we can talk about that in another episode because it's all very important because a lot of people are really starting to do these 23andme's and ancestries and it's important that you understand um what you are doing when you are basically allowing your DNA uh, to be taken. But as always, do we do encourage you to listen to older episodes of the Comacast. You can even check out uh, Matt's life story episode. So listen to this. <laughs> if you're interested <laughs> in that mess. Uh, you, you heard a little bit of, about it in this episode, but that one really encompasses everything um, from the beginning until current time. Um, a little away from the DNA. We didn't really get much into right. DNA on that one. So that one's, you know, you get to learn more about Matt and his life <laughs> and his personality. Right. Uh, and you, so you can learn stories uh, about Matt and some of the stories of the forgotten cases that we do talk about. You can also find out more about them on our website, thecomacast.com. We encourage you to head over there where there's lots of other content. <laughs> and Matt... As always, they can catch us on uh, social media. Uh, oh, I you're just going to read everything because I spent like the last 45 <laughs> minutes talking. You can I mean, also reach us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at our handle is at the Comacast, all one word. And please rate and review and like because it gets us those reviews and ratings and makes it more available for other people to find it. Yes, uh, and thank you, listeners, and thank you for rating and reviewing. Yeah, I was—I should just let you take a break so that you can um, rest your voice. That's that was a lot to talk about. I know when I—it was. Oh. <laughs> I know when I talk <laughs> a lot. Sometimes my voice gets very hoarse. You're gonna need to get some water, sir, and drink it. And rest up. 
Because you've probably been talking when you were prior yeah, to recording. Yeah, I spent an hour this. lecturing. I spent an hour lecturing, and then we recorded yesterday. I lectured today, and um, uh, then you know we did this. So it is, it is something. I do get kind of worn out. Um, I had a, I did not. I only slept about two hours last night. I just had a hard time falling asleep, and I literally rolled over, dozing off, and a headache hit me right in the face, like right in the eye. And it was there until eight o'clock this morning and I slept till 11, got up and taught. And I'm like, <laughs> and then here we are. Here we are. But <laughs> we do we thank are. you again uh, for writing and reviewing the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, it helps more people find it. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can get to the next episode. And until next time, thank you for listening. See you next time.